Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A prominent member of Detroit's Jewish community was brutally murdered outside of her home over the weekend. It wasn't anti-religion was an anti-race, gender, sexual orientation, or lifestyle. He's saying none of that applies here. It's a pretty broad statement. Why was Samantha Wall violently stabbed multiple times? And what happens next? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Early Saturday morning, Detroit police got a call that a woman was lying unresponsive outside of her townhouse in the Lafayette Park neighborhood. WWJ's Luke Sloan picks up the story from there. Detroit police responded to the area of Lafayette and Chrysler on reports of a body on the ground. The woman was dead with multiple stab wounds. Officers saw a trail of blood leading to the victim's house, which is where the crime is believed to have occurred. No motive has been released, but an investigation is underway. The woman has been identified as 40-year-old Samantha Wall. She worked as president of the Isaac Agree Downtown Detroit Synagogue. Lawmakers are responding to the murder of Samantha Wool. Attorney General Dana Nessel says she's, quote, shocked, saddened, and horrified to learn of Sam's brutal murder. Wool worked on the re-election campaign for Nessel. Wool also worked as a staffer for Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, who says that Wool, quote, dedicated her short life to building understanding across faiths, bringing light in face of darkness. Samantha Wall's murder has become international news, and we'll get to why that is in just a minute. But one of the things that has grabbed headlines locally is related to how connected Samantha was. She was not only a leader in the Jewish community, but she was a well-known political operative. Luke mentioned Dana Nessel. The attorney general spoke at Samantha's funeral on Sunday. She only ever wanted to be of assistance to others, and she never asked for help in return. Samantha Wool may have been the nicest person that I have ever met or will ever meet in my lifetime. I know as of this minute, we still don't know who the monster is, who took Sam from us, or what possible reason there would be for God to allow a person such as her to be taken so soon. But Sam did more for our community, our state, our world, our lives, in her short time here on earth than most will ever accomplish in a thousand lifetimes over. The brutal murder of Samantha Wall reminded me of another case, that of Devon Hoover, the Detroit doctor who was found shot to death and wrapped in plastic in the attic of his massive Boston Edison mansion this past April. His murder remains unsolved. Here is Detroit Chief of Police James White just a few days after Hoover's murder. 
One of the things we wanted to nail down quickly was if this was random, if this was a, a suspect that was moving around our community that posed a risk uh, to our residents, uh, and we were quickly able to determine that that was not the case. The next phase of that uh, was with the detectives doing exactly what they do day in and day out, and they have worked tirelessly to get us to where we are right now. We are confident, and we're going to continue to do the investigation. We're not going to stop until we have every piece of information that we need, all of our evidence analyzed, and we're going to do this the right way, and uh, we'll have something to announce to all of you very soon. Though we are happy to have a person of interest uh, who we can question, and we are confident as a policing agency that this person knows something about what occurred. We're confident that we are heading in the right direction. I'm being cryptic on purpose, but we're confident that this person of interest who's in custody on an unrelated charge will provide some information for us as to what occurred. The reason Samantha Wall's death is drawing attention from around the globe is because of the current climate in which we live. As Israel and Hamas continue to fight, the fears of local violence have hung over the area for weeks. But Chief White did say both on Saturday and today that they do not believe this was a hate crime. All he said was it wasn't a hate crime, which means that he's saying it wasn't uh, anti-religion, wasn't anti-race, gender sexual orientation or lifestyle, but he's saying none of that applies here. It's a pretty broad statement. So my question is, was she in a relationship that went south, which is a crime of passion? Was there an employee that feels wronged? Again, you're upset, crime of passion. That's what I'm wondering. That's what I want to know, because for anti-Semitic, they didn't mention swastikas. As far as I know, there was no destruction or burglary at the synagogue. They must have checked her social media and uh, phone to see if any harassing, um, you know, message of harassment or um, threats, intimidation. And apparently they found none of that. That voice right there, it belongs to former Detroit Assistant Police Chief Steve Dolent. Steve told me that the outside climate is a huge added challenge. Even if they aren't related, crimes like these don't live in a vacuum. How much does what's <coughs> happening in the outside world affect the way that police officers operate? What's happening in the Middle East? And what's happened here locally, it seems to intensify things, right? Yeah. Kind of like when the Black Lives Matter hit a couple years ago. Everyone was on, everyone was on edge, right? Are they going to attack the police station? Are they going to beat up the protesters? Same thing here. Are they going to attack a synagogue? Are they going to attack a mosque? What do we have to watch out for? Is anyone making inflammatory statements? Which happened on both sides during George Floyd, law enforcement, and uh, Black Lives Matter. They both made inflammatory statements. Same thing's happening here. The Israelis are saying one thing, the Palestinians are saying another. So it's a matter of, you know, trying to fuse the situation. And so, yeah, you're on edge. Because you don't know if it's going to be a BS run when you get it. Say you get a run to a mosque. And it's a, a decoy. So you go to protect a mosque and someone attacks the synagogue, or vice versa. There is this really popular TV show called The First 48. And it follows real homicide detectives as they try to solve a murder, with the theory being that after a murder is more than 48 hours old, it becomes exponentially harder to solve. I wondered if this is a real thing. So I put that to Steve, and he said, absolutely. Because you want to get on it right away, before people can get their stories together, before they can hide evidence. It's very real. Do you solve homicides after the first 48 hours? Yeah. When you jump on it right away, you get a hold of witnesses. You know, you have your autopsy usually within 48 hours. Yeah, absolutely, it's true. 
So what happens then as you mentioned, like people getting their stories together, how does the case deteriorate as time goes forward? Uh, witnesses get intimidated when they disappear. People become bolder and they disappear. The suspects bolder, they disappear and um, it's harder to find them. They come up with alibis and they find people that they love or love them or whatever, or alibis. They use a jump on it right away before they have a chance to construct their alibi. People disappear. Samantha's murder is fresh. As I record this, it has been less than 72 hours. But the international focus on the crime has caused a sense of urgency here in Detroit. But DPD Chief White, in a press conference earlier today, asked for time. Again, I just want to assure the community that everything possible is being done to bring this case to a close. I ask for patience. There's a lot of evidence and information that has to be analyzed. Again, we're very thankful to our partnerships with both the FBI and the Michigan State Police. Access to crime lab and things such as that helps move this case along uh, quite quickly. But we want to make sure that we don't rush and that we do everything to make sure that evidence is analyzed, search warrants are got up, and uh, we bring uh, this matter to close with the appropriate person being held accountable for these horrendous actions. Patience can be a tricky thing. Going back to the Devon Hoover murder, the Detroit police had a person of interest in custody almost immediately, but they were not able to charge that person, so they'd been out free for months. I asked Steve what that's like when you're working on a case like that. How frustrating are the scenarios, I believe this is what happened with Devon Hoover, where they think they know who it is, they have that person in custody, but because of the way a legal system works, you have to cross a certain threshold, and that person was released. I just have to wonder how frustrating that has to be. Extremely. I agree with you. I think that person did it, that they had in custody. But they haven't found the smoking gun, literally the smoking gun. Kim Worthy is not going to prosecute a case that she can lose, especially a murder trial, one of such, you know, high stature. She has to make sure they have all the ducks in a row. That was one of the things I was thinking about. And, I mean, Chief White has said that there's no immediate threat to the public, but at the same time, somebody who did a horrific thing is just kind of out there. I agree with him. I don't think that the public should be in fear. The only thing that Devon Hoover and Samantha Wall's murders have in common is that, for now, they are both unsolved. I used Dr. Hoover's murder as an example to illustrate how difficult murder investigations can be, even if you have a good chunk of information. In listening to Chief White today, it sounds like they have a pretty good idea of who killed Samantha. But none of that matters until they can connect the dots. Today's big thanks go out to Steve Dolent for chatting with me. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want that daily J delivered right to you? Well, all you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.